Explore the night skies with our large range of high-quality telescopes. Whether you're a novice or an astronomy expert, we have the right telescope for you in our Australian Geographic e-store. Explore the whole range and find the right telescope for you today. Go to australiangeographic.com.au slash shop. That's australiangeographic.com.au slash shop. Hi, I'm Liz Guinness and this is Talking Australia, a podcast by Australian Geographic. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Costa Georgiadis. Costa is a highly successful landscape architect, but most Australians know him for his work on TV, his passion for gardening and his incredibly impressive beard. He's also dedicated to connecting people, both young and old, to their back gardens and beyond. So join me today and be inspired by this fascinating Echo Visionary on this episode of Talking Australia. I was um, th- having a think about you coming in today to talk to us last night and I was thinking, how would I best introduce you? And I realised, <laughs> I was thinking, who else in Australia could I introduce just using one name? And I came up with <laughs> Kylie Minogue, Kylie and Costa. <laughs> And I thought, oh, geez. interesting. You're, that... you're putting me on the <laughs> on the soaring heights of... <laughs> just, yeah, it was just really interesting to me that I feel like uh, the work that you've been doing over the last 20 years, yeah, um, on TV um, has really kind of placed you firmly in the the minds of, of Australians and what's going on in Australia at the moment. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, look, from that, that, that sort of TV journey sort of incubated probably about oh, 13, it would have been about 13, 14 years ago, sort mm-hmm. of around 07 sort of thing. And, um, yeah, it's just gone. It's gone from, nuts. From there. Yeah. And, and it's really, I, I mean, it's a, it's a privilege to do what I do. I, I really love it. And I see the, the opportunities that it brings to put, put all those groups all those perspectives that I've not only learnt through life but that I'm getting a better grip on with with time in the world mm. uh, a, a chance to, 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 to show them off and, and say to people, oh, look at this or meet these people and say, you're like, check out this and have a look at that and give this a go and there's this group doing that. And so it, it's, it's really a, a big... I see it as a, a big switchboard, and and like my role is and this crazy switchboard operator that gets to see all this stuff, but then cross it. and And I like the 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 analog switchboard because it it, re, it means a physical connection, like mm. a cable. Yeah, you know, I like the cable when 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 it's uh, in the cloud, you know, that can break down. Whereas yeah. when when there's a positive link, An I like I like that face to face link. I like that that real connection and and it doesn't matter to me whether it's a small cottage group in East Gippsland or uh, an Indigenous community up in the back blocks of of uh, sort of Weeper or, mm. or Bumaga or, or Tiwi Islands or whatever. People are out there, they're doing incredible things and and I think the media as a as a vehicle moving forward, uh, needs to be really strong 
take responsibility and not be bastardized or commandeered by um, lightweight spoilers mm. that just want to jam the spokes. We, we, we have a, a, an opportunity and a, an obligation and a, and a duty. And when I, when I say media, I'm not talking about just because I'm in media. Yep. Like that's, that's, that's my privilege. Uh, but it's also my big responsibility. But it's our individual roles because each and every one of us are a walking, talking, barking media broadcaster yeah, by by what we put out there to a digital world that that didn't exist, you know, on this scale barely ten years ago. I, I mean, it's really amplified in the last yeah. ten years, and and all of the good things about it are what we want to amplify. But then. There's equal amplification as a backwash that we have to be really careful with because there is the negativity, there is the the bubble making that we can be just speaking to a, a very small circle that's perfectly crafted by algorithms and things so that you feel like, oh, well, I'm getting out there, but we, we have to remember to push through those walls and not, not be constrained to just talking to one demographic. Um, it was never the case. And I suppose I tie that back to the fact that growing up in, in a Greek um, heritage, with a Greek heritage, the family was the whole family. It wasn't the nucleus. It was your yam papu. It was the great aunts. Yeah. It was everyone, you, you know, gets together. And as much and all as you'd laugh about it on a film like you know, my big fat Greek wedding. They For say, sure. oh, we'll get the family over. You know, there's 50 people. But but that's how community should be. You, you know, the street, the, 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 the house, the family. Like community, I define in many different ways. We, we, we are players in multiple communities. So, so yeah, that, that's, that's kind of the juggernaut that, that I'm fortunate enough to be in, like all of us. I, I, even though I'm, I have one particular loud hailer, in terms of of the, the the show, but also all of my social media, there's all those other places as where you can be involved as an ambassador, where you can be involved as a local, where you can be involved as a as a paid up member or a supporter or a, sure. a contributor. So yep. yeah, I I just see, you know, in some ways, yes, the world is a smaller place. But I think we need to recognise that it is this massive place and we play our little part. But our little part is a big part of of lots of little parts coming together. It's interesting that you talk about community. I've been having this conversation with people a lot lately. Um, Perhaps it's because I've been feeling a little bit disconnected from community. And again, when I talk to people about it, they go, oh, well, you know, you just need to do this or you just need to do that. And again, it's like I'm talking about my immediate community but also the broader sense of community and what we all bring to it and how we interact with one another and share that knowledge. And I think that's something that you do incredibly um, well in terms of you go out into the community and meet people and share their stories. And again, you're right, it could be a big organisation, it could be a handful of people who are incredibly passionate about what they're doing. But spreading that message and and weaving, I suppose for me it's almost like the roots of a tree that interact with another tree underneath, under the ground. Um, And spreading that network of connections is, is vital. Yeah, and it's interesting what you talk about. Like that analogy is really fitting at the moment because, because we we've become 
very much focused and fixated on what's above the ground, what's front of house, what's the appearance, yeah, the what's aesthetic. on stage, the aesthetic, as you say. Mm. And the aesthetic is merely the, 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 the cherry on the top of all the other elements and factors that, that bring it forth. And, and, and if you talk environment, you know, that those few inches of soil they are what makes the whole world work. If you don't and, have good soil. And that microbial activity, and whether you're, whether you're a gardener, whether you're a scientist, whether you're someone who doesn't want to even touch, touch food scraps and dirt, and you call mm. it dirt and not soil, <laughs> you, you, you know, it doesn't matter because, because you're treading on a world within worlds that we're only just learning about. And, and, I just see this opportunity to tell that story through such simple ways. So whether it's the fabric, if you're a if you're a a, a, a fashionista, who's what are you wearing? What are you putting on your body? Yeah. What's gone into those materials? Where do they come from? Whose blood, sweat, and tears went into that? And am I endorsing that? You know, would I wear a an A frame in the street and say? I bought this three for 20 bucks, but they were made by three young girls exactly. in a sweatshop in the back blocks of Bangalore chemi- yeah. or somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, it's the same like we did a story on the weekend about wheat. I Do you know where the wheat that's in the flour that makes the bread or the pasta or the whatever it is that you're eating? Do you actually know where that wheat came from? Do you know its age? How long has it been sitting on the shelf? You know, it denatures from the moment it's milled, and and what is the consequence? You know, the consequence of that is a lot of, a lot of um, imbalances in people's ability to deal with that wheat and intolerances yes. and so on. And so, you know, we do a story on Gardening Australia, and people are like, oh, what are you doing a story on wheat for? And then you say, well, actually, this is a bigger metaphor for everything. And so whether you hook in through food as a foodie or whether you hook in to the planet and the environment and our role in understanding soil as a fashion as a fashion person or whether you get into it because you're a you're a, a forager or whether you get into it because you're a birdo yeah. or whether you get into it because you're a land carer um, either which way we we rely on that soil. And the stories that that we can tie back to the earth, because that's and 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 you know you might be a, a, a sort of wellness practitioner, so grounded. Okay, I'll bring you in that way. I say if you want to be grounded, grounded means the earth. The earth is soil. The soil is your core. You know, oh. if you're all about health and nutrition, if you're a fitness guru, well, your gut. And you might talk about, oh, you've got to eat the right food and you've got to have fermented fermented food because, well, I go, yeah, okay, well, your gut is a composter and that's, you need to feed the composter balance. And you look at all the all the old cultures, whether it, whether it's, you know, all through Central Europe, you look at Germany, they had kraut. You look at, at in the Asian countries, Korean, they have, have, they have and, kimchi yeah. and all of this. That's basically a composting accelerator yeah. that goes into your gut and says... Get in order and get that exhaust system punching out the big ones. And, I like and, how you and, press that. <laughs> and and then you, you're alive, you know. And then that's the output. Like we have to have output to create an input, so that the system keeps rolling. And 
And that to me is this chance. And, and, and I can tie it all back to every answer yeah. to any question being compost yeah. or soil. We've got to get people in their space. And, and I think, you know, from my point of view of being in, in a media role, it's incumbent on me to actually not look at it as, oh, just there's my PowerPoint, bloop, bloop, sure. bloop, Here's there's the next this slide. next slide. It's got to be like, who am I with? Where are they at? And, and how can you just get one little hook in to, to then create that, that connection? It's got to have, it's got to have that, that, that signature. And, and that signature is for those little kindies. Or that signature is for that land care group doing you know, sort of swamp care. Mm. Or this is a group of people doing cocktails and they're cocktail waiters and how can we get them connected to flavours from native plants but then go to the next level and say not only native plants but Indigenous plants to your area. So there's layers and and I kind of think you don't want to dump it on people well, and leave them to dig much, it out. It? But yeah. just start with a little bit and then go, yeah, oh, well, yeah. you could use that flavour. But now, you know, what about finding it in your local area and where would that be? And, well, what is your local area? Yeah. Like, are you coastal? Are you ridge? Are you woodland? Are you, uh, where, where do you fit into the landscape? And, and that's, like, that's endless. That's what keeps me, me excited. And I think that's how, that's how, you know, media and education should be. Like as, you know, I'm involved with the Australian Association of Environmental Educators and, you know, this is, a, a, this is an awesome group of people that are, they are punching angles and running lines at all of this education, but they're coming in around, around the spectrum. And, and I love that because... Those the, the conferences that we have or the events that we do, it's all about inspiring educators. And so that those educators could be school teachers, they could be preschool teachers, they could be local council um, officers or sustainability people, they could be state government, federal, private business, you know, all that sort of stuff. But again, it's it's how do you how do you tell a story? Yeah. And probably that, as you know, I mean. Australian Geographic, I mean, you've got all this information. You've got all these absolute freaks out there finding out information about our world that is enough to make you lose like a, a, a week of heartbeats when you hear these things and the yes. connections. Yes. But then you go, well, okay, how are we going to package that? Yes. How do we make it accessible for people so they will really connect and make it part of their, their world? Not overload them, not guilt them. Yes. Not shame them, uh, awe them. You know, we've got to awe them. And, and, make, and I, them, I make them feel good about making a change, you know, because if you guilt someone, they're nah. gonna, it's too hard. I'm, I'm, nah. No, I'm stepping back. I No, but feel good about this. This is empower people to make, you know, a small change to start with. You know, Australian Geographic as a, I mean, this is not the kind of word that I, I, I want to use, but it's kind of word, but I'll use it anyway. Like as a brand, I mean, it, it is a trusted, trusted information space. People go, ah, I, I can trust that. That's yes. that's truth in a world of fake 
we have to stand up for those sources and just just mark the line. Don't get in a rumble mm. because that's what that whole thing's about. Create a rumble, deflect, create conflict, and then all of a sudden you're off the road and, yeah. and the, the narrative continues without you. Yeah. I suppose this is a perfect segue to your work with Junior Landcare, which you're, you're involved with now. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. Look... Landcare, I mean, take it back to the beginning when Bob Hawke announced in 1990 that this was going to be the decade of Landcare. And that was what he was hoping out of that upwelling of activism that was going on. And, you know, it all works in those ebbs and flows. We have these periods and we're in an up moment at we the are. moment. And With everything that's been going on. Mm. For every bit of up, there's still... There's still the the other side chipping away at the base, yep. but you know that that was the you know the nineties were it, it's when things get difficult. I mean things were tight, interest rates were high. There was yep. the community was suffering. You know there was and it, and, and those things come out of that. You, you got to have adversity. You got to have extremes. You, you know if it's beautiful one day, Plain perfect sailing. the next. I mean it, it, right. it's kind of like a bit vanilla. Um, whereas there were difficult times. People. I mean, can you imagine the twenty percent interest rates? Yeah. Now, what, uh, and, and I'm, I'm just, parents. I'm just saying that in terms of like that has an impact on everyone, like everyone <laughs> where, and everything. Whether you whether you're into business or not, like you can't have community with a twenty percent interest rate and not expect that there's hardships. Yep. And so those hardships, you, you know, they're they're what create that that. It's almost like they create the impetus to do to you know to drive you forward. To say, where's an option? Where's an alternative? What yeah. can we do? And and you know, there we were, decade of land care. Let's care for country, and away it went. And there we were, thirty years last year, thirty years of land care. Mm. Um, Bob, Bob would would have been ecstatic to have seen uh, that that milestone reached sure. but um like anything the the chance to be involved with junior land care there, there's there's always those those edges and those opportunities like when when there was you know intrepid land care is like young people like more young people from sort of 18 20 sure. onwards and and a way of getting them in and and but but junior land care is a way of saying to to our our youth our kids you can't be involved because the big one for me, the big driver for me is if, if, if we want children to care for the environment, they've got to, they've got to love it. Mm. But what we need and what I see junior land care as being is this real hands-on opportunity to get the, get our youth to fall in love with the planet and fall in love with you know, everything that your scientists and researchers go out and explore and portray. And find wonder in, you know, and, and new things about every single day. Every day. Yeah. Every day. Like, and, and, and be totally overwhelmed by the fact that you see a cuckoo bee, but you can't buy one. Yeah. You can't say, I want it now. You, you can't say, oh, the powerful owl, come and live in our tree. Yeah. They're those real hooks that can only come from the heart 
But the idea behind it is, is they'll go out into their backyard or their park, park. local park or, or area like that, take photos, come back and tell us what, what they've seen. Is that... And that's just one project. Yeah. Like that's, I suppose that's just the project that's as simple as go outside and start a, a log, log it by camera, log it by day, log it by weather. Yeah. Start to actually feel what the world is doing around and you. Interact with that yeah. world. Yeah. Step out of the air conditioned house. Step off your device. Check the temperature. I'm really conscious that stepping off the device is not a an invitation to a generation that on the other hand we're saying this is part of your world mm. so my approach with that is to go outside and to use that device to record yeah. and use it to collate and formulate and propagate all sorts of valuable information and you, it's very easy to talk about being geek but information is power mm. and when you have that information you can then add to it and when you add to it it gets depth and it becomes you know more or less like an iceberg and as you learn these basic operating principles of the planet, you'll almost be able to pick visually, acoustically, aromatically, um, sensually. You'll be able to then pick what's going on mm. because that cue will tell you that that's this bird and that smell will tell you that there's, there's a wild native beehive here somewhere and that texture will say, oh, that's... That's, that leaf is this plant and that is connected to this animal which is connected to roughly this time of year. But you note that down and then you look the next year, you can start to see fluctuations. So rather than climate change be this polarising camp, like the moment I mention that, people oh, yes. are going to cringe. You, you see the hair go up because they go, oh, here we go. Yeah. So... I'm very selective about the language that I use. And so when, when we can illustrate to children that information is language and language is effort and effort is vocabulary and vocabulary is communication, and then when you connect with the natural world, really what Junior Landscape is about, and this is my the reason that motivates me, is that we're, we're basically introducing the children to the language of nature. Mm. And and that's a that's a language that they'll be able to talk forever. And that's a language that will give them uh, a visa to go into birding. It'll give them a visa to go into um, you know water watch and understanding streams and and what's in the stream and and how can we check water quality and and oh well then oh hang on if if, if stream watch and the, the stream runs to the ocean well then I can hook in take three for the sea because while I'm doing that there's three pieces of rubbish there I'll pick that up so that that doesn't become a death a death piece for a turtle that sees it as some food yeah and and all of a sudden everything I was talking about it's connecting connecting yeah. these these groups well you don't have to say oh you have to do that it it can come up once they get down there and and I think the language the language that we use 
to engage them is also the language that will carry them along. There's this wonderful group called Tangaroa Blue and they go out on these big ocean cleanups. And the interesting thing about that is they collect the data off the waste so they can determine where it's coming from. Mm. And they've been collecting waste in far north Queensland that's come up the coast from as far south as Wollongong or that's come in from Vietnam and from Asia. The and they can follow this waste and understand. And that's when it goes back to what I was saying about keeping a diary because that diary gives you information and that information enables you to have the power to use it to leverage the next action you want to take. We'll pick up the conversation with Costa after this short break. We have a special offer for all our listeners. Subscribe to our AG magazine for six months for just $30 and save 33% on the newsstand price. That's three issues of our award-winning magazine delivered to your home for just $30. Plus, you'll also receive exclusive benefits, including 10% of all products purchased in our e-store. Go to australiangeographic.com.au slash talkingaustralia for our special offer. That's australiangeographic.com.au slash talkingaustralia. We're back with our conversation with Costa Georgiatis. It's amazing talking to you. I'd have to ask, what were you like as a kid? <laughs> were you this passionate when you were a kid? And where does this passion for the natural world come from? Oh, that's a good question. As a kid, I, 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 suppose, I suppose I loved being outside. Yeah. I, I loved, you know, we had, we had a pretty good rain as kids. Like my mum and that. That, you know, they used to let us go off. We used to ride the suburbs. And as long as we were back before the streetlights came on. You grew up in Sydney, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we used to, you know, we had our boundaries. We'd push the boundaries, but that was all right. We'd ride it's... beyond beyond the, the zone. It's amazing how far you can go on an old dragster and, you know, a oh, little, sure. little, little, little racing bike. <laughs> you, can, you can get well and truly out of the zone. But um, so, you know, I really enjoyed that. I, I suppose I, I was given that inoculation by just all of my great aunts and uncles and grandparents in terms of growing and gardening and mm. my grandfather being a, a market gardener like there was there was no there was no escape from the importance of food okay so you yep. had your hands firmly planted in the soil right back then yeah yeah and I mean I I didn't like if you were to have asked me at high school, you know, is this where I was going? No, I, I didn't know. Mm. I, I, I just enjoyed it. I suppose as I was someone as a kid that just wanted to taste everything and I suppose that had its roots in support from my parents who backed me to have a go at stuff. Mm. You know, they didn't just drill me into, into one thing and say you have to be this or you have to be that. They never, ever did that. And when I look back... I think, wow, like that, that, was, that was a really beautiful thing. The gift. Because they backed me, you know, even when I mightn't have been that good at something, they, they still backed me to, to have a go. And they didn't, they didn't sort of value judge the outcome. Uh, and the more I think about that, the more I realise that they'd just go, yeah, okay, well, you know, off you go. Give it away. And go to the next thing. Um, you know, the things that they did push, 
that I had to learn Greek, Given. which, you know, I, I, I can't put a – I couldn't put all the gold in the world on that in terms of a price mm. because having learnt Greek as a child meant that that language idea that I was talking about, that communication, um, I, I was – overwhelmed by the power of that realisation when I was in Greece as a 14-year-old speaking to cousins that other friends that were there that couldn't speak Greek couldn't communicate with. And that's when I realised there's another whole world. Like, and, and that ability to speak Greek was like, wow, that's like a gold key. Mm. That, that, that was just, it was like something out of Indiana Jones. Like you got to this door and everyone else couldn't get in and I just went bunk and went in there and then off I went yeah. in into this world and then that sparked me to then want to do and I learned French when I was studying prior to finding landscape architecture which mm. just was one of those random things that came up that was almost like suddenly someone showed me a drop down menu that said you know biology plants and planting methods design planning engineering horticulture, um, you know, all these things. And I was like, oh, that that's sort of combined a lot of the things that I love. Yep. And and that was uh, midway through first year where, and again, my parents just said, go to uni and see how you go. That, but they didn't say, you know, you have to be this, you've got to be do law like your, your uncle or yeah. you've got to do marketing because you've got this personality. You know, all these things were popping up. So, so yeah, I think... I think that that had a big play because you know they fought, they they made me learn Greek and now that was a non-negotiable and that that was hard, particularly oh, so. being in primary school and having to go to Wog school and having to manage that with the other kids in the street when you're supposed to go and play to, to you had to go, five days like a week a Saturday morning. Uh, no, it was a, it was originally and then it went to two afternoons a week and. You know, the afternoon landscape is pretty pretty uh, sought after as a child. You know, yeah. you get home from school and you just go out and play with your friends and that's that's that. So having to walk the gauntlet with the bag with the – and they knew where I was going and, and you know, it was – but that's 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 youth. And, and so – but they were, they were harsh on that. Well, not harsh. They were like, no, no, there's no negotiation. Other things, there might be negotiation. And then they said I had to go on this trip to Greece, which I went on. This is um, when you were 14, 15? When I was 14, yeah, yeah, yeah which my, other, my, my sisters went on as well. And, and that, that showed me the world. Mm-hmm. And, and I suppose, you know, from a parent point of view, I, I mean, they gave me support. They gave me s- some incredible keys. And then they showed me where to go and put that first key, and then Not that, that was guidance, it. Yeah. That was it, and 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 then I, I said, all right. When I came back, and that was at fourteen, fifteen, I said, right, I'm going to finish school. I'm going to get my study done, get qualified, and then I'm going to go and see the world. And that's what I did. And then I lived over in in um, Europe. I lived in Austria. I lived in Prague. I spent time in Greece. I was there for a large part of the nineties, and and just had, you know, the kind of experience that. I suppose just put more and more layers onto what was a foundation that, mm. that my parents set up. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so 
while you were living overseas, were you landscape? Were you doing that work? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I well, when I set off, I I had twelve months on the road with two of my best friends, and we travelled. We met in Greece, and then we went up through through Greece into former Yugoslavia, into Hungary, Czechoslovakia, and then we went all through Austria, Switzerland, Holland, East Germany, sort of Germany, back down into Czech. I then went and looked for some work, found work in Austria for a landscape company and was building natural swimming ponds, rooftop gardens and doing community composting back then. I was going to say, that sounds well ahead of, oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah, the 20 time. Years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's it was a long time. Australia, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it was amazing. They were, they were like really carving it ahead of the game. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to be, to be involved with it and to then see it slowly unfolding... Um, you know, there's been times where you're like, oh, you've just sort of think, oh, you know, come on. It's <laughs> yeah, been, hurry it it's up been 30 years, 25 years. But like everything, it's got to fit its time and those foundations have to be laid. And when they're laid, things will go through. And and I I believe that something something such as environmental education or caring for country and caring for the planet, we we have so many markers in this country. We've we've got an entire cultural history that knows this, that has that data, yes. <laughs> that that has that has that that diary, that journal that I talk about for with sure. children, like their the indigenous uh, history. That like that, that 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 journal is beyond compare beyond encyclopedia this, this is yep. like that's terabyte upon terabyte of information that's come through observation and and that's probably the tool that I want to really share with the students in what they do is observe mm. and then as you observe understand those connections and as you make those connections you'll bring together the language that that actually binds it all and and then when you have that you can then explain it but you're not going to be explaining it purely with words you're going to be explaining it with I was going to say it becomes intuitive I think when you put all of those things and it together. comes out of your eyes yeah you know then when you're talking it's like not so, oh, I'm reading something off the top it's like it's bulging out of your heart and yeah, bulging yep. your eyeballs bulging in your eyes um, in your eye sockets and 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 it's that it's that kind of tamed mongrel that that can just bubble up it's what we want we, we, we want them to understand not just wild nature we need to rewild we need to rewild the world around us and that that's a that's an opportunity to to see the bush as not the, the bush. bush you know the bush is like saying dirt you know the, the 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 bush is is this incredible interrelated system that has layer upon layer and and as you pull the next card and the next card and the next card all of a sudden you've got a jigsaw that you, you see way beyond whatever you first set out. And then if you want to go deeper and, and it's kind of this 
that's where I see all these chances because where do you where do you start? You know, you, you can't do it all. And I mean, and I'm still faffing around the edges as well. <laughs> you know, like the, the more I go out, the more time I spend in landscapes, the more I realise that I know very little. Um, and that's what makes my eyes bulge even mm. more mm. because I've got plenty to learn um, about those interactions. It's interesting. I was out um, in the bush, out walking on the weekend, and um, I have this habit of hugging trees. It's a thing I do. It's, I've done it since I was a little kid, and I make my children do it. I don't make them. I encourage them to do it. And um, there's this connection. There's this connection to nature that when you talk about, you feel it in your heart. You really feel it. It's, it fills you up. And mm. I, you know, I don't think we talk about doing extra work into it, but our microbiome and everything that we are made of is connected. We're all interconnected, not just as humans, but as with the planet. And um, I just hope that people get the opportunity to get out in and, and feel that. I think there's so much disconnect for a lot of people. They're either afraid to go out or they don't know how to do it. And once they're out there, they're worried about what's going to happen to them while they're out there. And I think it closes them off to these opportunities to just bathe in it, I suppose. Yeah, and... You know the Japanese have a term called forest bathing, mm. and 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 that's been become so refined, <laughs> like people have to go and forest yeah, that's bathe. Right. Like you actually need to allot some time. And as far fetched and as wild as that sounds, like if you have to do that initially, well, do it. Yep. You know, just say okay, that weekend for this season, we're going to go and do a bushwalk. Yeah. And then it might be one in three months. And then you go, well, let's maybe do one every six weeks and then maybe once a month. And then there's no, then the brakes are off. I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. It's been so <laughs> lovely talking to you. This stuff fills me up. So it's lovely to talk to someone who, who feels the same way about it. My heart pumps and my eyes bulge as well. So thank you for coming in today and talking to us, Costa. And I'm hoping that some time in the future you'll come back and we'll have another chat. Love to. Yay. Thank you. All right. Cheers. Thanks. That's it for today's episode of Talking Australia with Costa Georgiadis. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out. Write us an email, podcast at australiangeographic.com or find us on Instagram at Australian Geographic. And if you go to australiangeographic.com.au slash Talking Australia, you'll find a special subscription offer. So don't wait. Go to australiangeographic.com.au slash Talking Australia. Also, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thanks for listening and hear you next time.